This is dumb. You're dumb. You're dumb. You're old. You're short. everybody welcome to our podcast i'm jason and i'm richard and i'm chris and this is the evil dead cast episode 37 slash the walking dead cast episode 339 hey it's a a two for one (laughs) i was wondering rich i was gonna say i know chris comes on uh every year to do a crossover wrap-up of the season chris and his partner jason with me and karen um, and I was like, has Rich ever been on a Walking Dead cast? But you have because you came on to talk about Evil Dead yeah. years ago. Many. You know? uh, it was their first or second season. I know. Man, some kids who are like in um, like third and fourth grade were not even born then. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Longevity. So this is this is really cool. I've been looking forward to this. This is a reunion for many people who probably don't even know. I had a podcast with Chris and Rich here for a few awesome years called the Evil Dead Cast, all about Ash vs. Evil Dead. So this is our Evil Dead Cast reunion. Mm-hmm. Welcome, guys. Thank you very Thanks, much. Thanks, man. <laughs> it's awesome. I, I'm just going to say it. I, I think the dream team is back together. It's Woo! great. Yeah. yeah. yeah good time. <laughs> good show. Good time. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, and, and by the way, I... <laughs> I still am sad every time I think about that show. Yeah, I know. Right? Like, come back. Yeah. <laughs> Give us one I more. Su- <laughs> one more season, right? And a movie right. or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I, every time I, it comes up, up on Netflix or something, I, I get a little sad too. And I, I usually actually put it on. Yeah. For a while me too. And just uh, remind myself of the good old days when we had Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to yeah. have to go back and rewatch it again. Well, this episode of Walking Dead Cast is made possible by Patreon supporters like Tara Noyola, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. So thank you, Tara. This episode, we are doing our top five TV shows from the last 10 years, which is more or less when since Walking Dead started. Walking Dead started nine years ago. So it's, you know, modern, modern shows. And uh, we decided to make a hard and fast rule that the only shows that can make it onto our list were ones that started within the last 10 years, which made it hard. Yeah. But then, I mean, if you had shows that just appeared in the last 10 years, that would have been even harder for me because <laughs> then it would be like lost and yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we'll have some news and then we'll have your feedback, what you, what you had for your favorite shows, plus um, some walking dead related questions and news and stuff like that. So let's get into it. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. All right, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this time. It's our top five TV shows of the last 10 years. 
And should we start with our top five countdown, do you think, or should we get the negative out of the way first and talk about any shows that we thought were crappy or overrated? Mm. <laughs> well, I didn't make a list of crappy or overrated. But okay. I mean, I do have some like honorable mentions and then yeah, me some too. stuff, yeah. some stuff that I haven't seen that I wish I had. Me too. Did you have any crappy or overrated ones? Just off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear it. Uh, just because I, I don't want to leave a bad taste in people's mouths, so I want to because it's going to piss people off who love the shows that we're about to talk about like you just want to know the ones I tried to watch and didn't like yeah sure the first one was The Break with Michelle Wolf uh, I was getting kind of excited about her up and coming you yeah. know uh, comedy specials and I was, I was like oh yeah she's political and her humor and stuff but it ended up not Canceled. being so great yeah. Yeah. I guess most people agreed with me <laughs> yeah. I actually watched that and thought it was it was decent, but I didn't I, care. It sounded it was like they were just going for shock and awe, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. It was. It didn't seem like it was from the heart. Shameless was another one. Tried to watch Shameless. Oh, see, I watched an episode of that, and it, it's on my list of shows that I want to watch more of. Yeah, I mean, it's got great actors in it, and there was nothing wrong with the show. I just, I don't know, just didn't catch the right vibe with me, you know. Have you seen that, Chris? I've seen the first season of, of Shameless, but um, never went back for any more of it. And I enjoyed the first season, but it there was so much else I wanted to watch at the time. I just didn't get back to it. I just, for some reason, I love shows where people are petty and, yeah. and you know, selfish. He certainly mm-hmm. was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else? And then the last one I had was Lost in Space. I'm a big uh, sci-fi freak, and I wanted to give that one a good chance too. But it's a it's a cookie cutter show. Didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I wa- heard good things about Lost in Space, though. But yeah. again, didn't get to it. Yeah, I heard good things too. Uh, it's just uh, it's like all the other shows out there. It's just yeah. on a planet that's out in space. I mean, this. Uh, I read that this 2018 had more scripted shows than any year prior, and it had 495 scripted shows. Damn. So there's a fuckload of shows out there. How do you choose? Uh, I, here's my list really quickly. The, the one that, um, is probably going to piss people off that I thought was the most overrated, but I watched the whole thing was Castle Rock. I thought (laughs) it stunk. (laughs) I haven't seen it. Uh, right up there though, for me is fear the walking dead season 4.5. Really? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So crappy. (laughs) I would agree with that. It was, it was terrible. And, um, makes me question my decision of or question whether we Your should life cover choices. it yeah. <laughs> right. yeah whether we should keep covering it next year uh me too i mean i have plenty of um because we do a lot of guest co-hosts and things on podcastica and there are plenty who are into it so when fear the walking dead comes back around i'm i might just not be on my podcast for a while wow do you think you just <laughs> lost some listeners um, I think they can all understand and, and they're used to me dogging on it anyways. Um, there were, all, uh, there were absolutely good things about it too. I mean, I feel like the, the interesting thing about fear the walking dead right now is it has great characters, but not great writing. That's what I feel like. Mm. Ouch. Stories, storytelling. Uh, the other thing on my list that I would not at all say this crappy, but for me overrated stranger things. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Ooh. You know, season two, I Somebody's actually, he's picking a fight. I know came around to liking uh, a lot more, but, um, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because I lived through the eighties and I saw, I don't know, like, uh, it reminds me of ET, but I went back yeah. and watched ET and ET so much better. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, it's it's okay. It's fine. I don't know. I mean, just people love it so much, and I, and I I just couldn't get into it like that. Um, but I I understand why people would. So this is definitely for me overrated. But I would not call it a crappy show. I think it's a good show. The other one is Iron Fist. I was a little disappointed because um, I like the character, but it's one of those Netflix Marvel shows. And uh, no Iron Fist. Who's in that? Uh, the guy who, well, you wouldn't know him. It's nobody that, that, you'd know. Anyway. All right. Enough with that. We got it out of my system. Let's get into our top five. Uh, Chris, how about you? Would you like to go first? Sure. I'll go first. Um, but I do want to start by saying that I had an incredibly difficult time (laughs) making this list because when we started talking about it, I, went and started thinking about the shows and I came up with a list of shows um, that I thought were at least good from the last 10 years. And I started with 23 of them. Wow. And looking over it, I, I never thought I'd be able to cut it down to just five. And so I still kind of struggle with some amazing shows that I've left out or, or just couldn't fit into the top five somehow. And it sounds weird, but I feel like in a way I've betrayed them. I know. Uh, yeah. Me too. It's like, so for number like, five, I have a tie for a five place tie. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, I know. Well, so we're going to go into our honorable mentions. So yes, I it, definitely have on a list of honorable mentions, which we'll get to. Um, but I made a, a rule for myself and, and to try to help. Well, sort of two rules. One was that I decided that I had to have seen the entire run of the show or at least everything that has aired up until now, if the show was still on. So that helped eliminate some because, uh, you know, I, I cut out some shows where I only watched a few seasons and then gave up or something like that, even if I thought those seasons were really good. Mm-hmm. And then I skimmed through the list really quickly of the 23 and tried to immediately think to myself, do did, did I love everything? that um like all the episodes or all the seasons of the show or was there one season which i didn't think was quite as good or something like that and in any case where i had that feeling i eliminated it so i cut it down a little bit (laughs) yeah um to to 14 shows it was still pretty hard (laughs) to get to five but somehow i managed so yeah i mean it was it was hard for me too and i immediately made a list of five when I sat down to start mm-hmm. thinking about it and I'm like, okay, I got my list. And then I'm like, Oh fuck, I forgot this show, which is number one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that means well, I have to I kick number five off. Damn it. So yeah, it, yeah, it, it was felt, tough saying you felt like you betrayed him. I, I, I get that. All right. What's your number five? All right. So, uh, sorry, my number five is, uh, a little, I went a little bit obscure for number five. Um, it's a little Irish sitcom called moon boy. And I wanted to include a comedy in my list because there are some that are, that are pretty good. And I had a few on there, but Moon Boy is the one that I find just infinitely rewatchable and I love it every time. But the idea here is if you haven't heard of it, it's a, it's an Irish show. It ran for three seasons, started in 2012. It takes place in this little Irish town in the early nineties, which may be a appeals to me because I did a lot of, you know, growing up in the 90s. Um, But it tells the story of this 10 or 11 year old boy named Martin Moon and his imaginary friend, whose name is Sean. And the imaginary friend is played by Chris O'Dowd, who Mm. um, you might know from the IT crowd, that British show, but he was also in Bridesmaids and This is 40 and stuff like that. He's a guy who I find pretty funny and 
he did a lot of the directing and the writing and I think basically the show running for Moon Boy. I think it was probably his his idea. Um, but it's really, really funny and uh, kind of in a subtle way. It's just about this kid's life with his imaginary friend and his family. And the family feels really real to me and uh, just going about their daily lives. He's going to school and the things that happen to him. But his imaginary friend is always there. And of course, only he can see him. And uh, and of course, he's a creation of this kid's brain. So there's a lot of comedy derived from that uh, because the imaginary friend Sean can sometimes be wearing really goofy stuff or say really crazy things. He can say things that the Martin is thinking, of course, that he doesn't say out loud mm-hmm. because only he can see and hear him. And I just thought it was a really, really charming show, really funny. And like I said, I can watch it over and over again and just enjoy it every time. So um, it's the only comedy really that I have on the list, but I highly recommend it. It's three seasons worth too. So there's, um, there's a little bit of content there for you to, to get to, but it's called Moon Boy, an Irish sitcom. Cool. I've never heard of that in my no, life. <laughs> That's fact, awesome. I wrote it down. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, maybe we'll get some. I'm so glad that we're not just listing. Yeah, it's great to have a show that we've never heard of on our list because I, I was thinking it might just be ones that everybody already knew about. So it's fun to maybe discover something new. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Well, and I had a few comedies on there originally on my original list, um, but this is the one that I had to go with, even though the others are funny, but they were more uh, sort of well-known too. So mm-hmm. Moon Boy, great. Sweet. I read, I just looked that up on Wikipedia. There was a, in, an announcement in October of 2014 that they were doing an American remake, but I don't know. That was four year, five years ago now. Mm. So who knows? Four years. You know, I remember hearing that too, but as far as I know, it's never happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wish uh, Chris O'Dowd would go and do more of the, like the original version, or if they do an American one, I hope he's involved because mm-hmm. He's what made it so good in a way. Right. Rich? Me, huh? Well, I agree with you guys. It was tough, man. I got all twisted up in a tight knot about this, <laughs> pissed all over myself. You name it, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Serious business. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Plus, I have a terrible memory, too. So, so you know what I did? I made two lists. The first list I made was the stuff I could remember that I really enjoyed. And then I went in... And I went to Netflix and Prime Video, which are the only two things I have. And I looked up my watch history and I made a list of all the shows that I've watched. Nice. Like I, you know, like the ones that you binge on and stuff like that. And it didn't really help because it turns out what I watched most and what I remember liking the best don't match up at all. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was like, shit. Why did I watch all that? I didn't even remember some of the stuff that I watched like five seasons of. But anyways. I, did you uh, check your BitTorrent client? <laughs> yeah really huh? anyway moving on <laughs> like like uh i don't know like for example this one show called episodes i watched all five seasons of it but i i can't remember anything of it you know i watched episodes of a british show called find it fix it and flog it but i would have called bullshit if you told me i watched that show just before <laughs> last week <laughs> yeah. uh, there there's uh and then on the other side of it, there's some shows I remember really enjoying, but I didn't watch all the episodes. So I was like, well, that was fruitless. Anyways, all that research. Anyways, here's what's going on. Fifth place, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of needed a, a placeholder, so I liked the show. It made the top five because it fit all the parameters. Parks and Recreation. 
Ooh, that's one I want to watch that mm. people that I think I would like a lot and that people I respect talk about. Yeah, it's oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're one of them. <laughs> it's uh the same creators as the uh, as the folks that made The Office. So the writing was pretty good and for me it was really the characters. One of my favorite shows of all time, The yeah, Office. Yeah, yeah. The characters were off and I could totally identify with the characters. I feel the characters they were pretty corny, obviously. It's a comedy, and they had personality quirks and odd behaviors that were super exaggerated just for sake of laughs. But the thing is, I've seen that in a lot of the colleagues I work with. Not so much my friends, but a lot of the colleagues I work with. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, they're, they can be some pretty strange people. Like those character drawings you see at like a theme park, you know? Just an exaggerated <laughs> version of them. Like, for example, the character Ron Swanson, played by Nick offerman he works for the government but he hates the government that's kind of like how a lot of teachers are we yeah. work in education but we think the system's broken we don't like it you know and the writers you know a big plus for me is the entire series is one continuous story i like that oh yeah that's cool i like that and we work i uh, didn't know that yeah it's in a, and what they'll do too is a, is a big plus they'll take uh people that appear like in the first or second season and bring them back five or six years mm -hmm. later and that's where um Star Lord got his start, right? Yeah, he's in it. He's Chris, one of the more uh, goofy. What's his name? Chris. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yeah, he's one of the more he's goofy like a characters. Doughy dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah, they addressed that in one of the episodes yeah. on how he went from being Pillsbury Doughboy to totally cut and ripped. Did he come <laughs> back on the show after he'd gotten yeah. all cut for? Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. They sent him to Europe. He came back all ripped <laughs> <laughs> in the show. So, I I heard that show got uh like one reason why I haven't dived into it is i saw a couple early episodes and thought it was cute but you know i just didn't feel compelled to go back and then i heard it got better second yeah. season going forward that's the general consensus is that the first two seasons or first three seasons didn't weren't that good mm. and then the rest of it was awesome some people say it's like two shows oh, first wow. three seasons but would you seasons. recommend jumping in on season three or four no or? because no. it's one continuous story okay. yeah okay yeah see the relationships and the goofiness I dropped in and out on that show a little bit. Uh, my wife watched the whole thing, not when it was new. She watched it. She sort of binged it later. And I, so I dropped in and out a bit. I didn't watch all of it with her. But what I saw, I, I enjoyed. So it was definitely funny. And Amy Poehler is great. Yeah, uh, she does. In really almost good everything. Mm -hmm. so. I wish I could do like in the Matrix and just jack shows in the back of my skull. <laughs> be like, Ooh, oh, Parks and Rec. That's so good. <laughs> nice. Okay, my number five. Now, Chris and I talked about whether we should include The Walking Dead on our list, and I lobbied for it because I thought it would be interesting for our listeners to hear where we put it on our list, if at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, it's number five on my list. Mm, and wow. it's not, now people who are like, why is it so low? Keep in mind that I have watched literally hundreds of TV shows and uh, maybe not hundreds in the last 10 years, but several dozen. And... It, that's um to say it's in my list is pretty high praise for me um was it ever at the top was it ever at the top of the list and then slowly comes uh, down over time it was probably a little higher yeah mm. but the thing about the walking dead is it's really hard for me to judge it discreetly as a show mm. because i i made a career out of the show right uh You're totally invested in it all just about all the actors i've been on the show um, it's just been, you know, life changing thing for me. Right. And so aside from that, trying to put all that aside, 
I love that the show is so grounded. Like it could be really farcical or zany. Like um, uh, if you ever saw Zombie Nation, which or is that what it's called? Zombie Nation? Z Nation. Z Nation. Oh, Z Nation. Yeah. Which is kind of fun, but it's it feels a little frivolous. I like that The Walking Dead is, is a drama and that it feels weighty. I've always liked that. Also that oh, I'm sorry, Chris, were you going to say something? No, I mean, I decided to exclude it from my list okay. just for the same. I mean, mostly because everyone's heard me talk about it for thousands of hours already. Uh, but I do, I do see your point about it might be interesting to see where it fits on the list, but I specifically excluded it just just because. Uh-huh. Um, so for you, I, it's like number 12 or 13. Well, maybe not that high, <laughs> yeah, but oh, wow. uh, it's, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it would be in my top five okay. unless we were talking about um, top five shows that aired in 2018 because uh, season nine was uh, the first half anyways, was amazing yeah. in my opinion. Uh but over nine seasons, it's had its ups and downs. So. It has. It's that's the thing is why it's not higher on my list is because it's been uneven, right? And also, I feel like the show. Well, let me just say another couple of things I like about it. it: the strong characters. You know, the characters are just so vivid on the show, so etched in our minds, and we love them like real people. The fans of the show love Carol and. Glenn, the ones who have passed and the ones who are still there. I mean, we just feel close to these people. So that's something, man. A show, not every show can do that. And The Walking Dead has been so good at at making these characters that we really pull for. And also just being about this feeling of desperation, trying to overcome and working together and trying to get survive and get past our own failings too. Yeah. And and the loss that you feel in the show, even though it's sad, it's I love anything that moves me. And the mm-hmm. sense of triumph that comes every once in a while. I mean, I think there's a lot to love about this show, but I think uh, it's a victim of its own success. And and I feel like sometimes that this show has said just about everything it has to say. And now it's just finding new ways of saying the same thing to right. somewhat diminishing effect. But to Chris's point, season nine has been awesome. And I think one of the reasons why I feel like season nine has been awesome, not the only reason, but they're really focusing on making the zombies creepy and scary and mm-hmm. in a way that they haven't quite done in the eight freaking years the show's been on the air. And you would think a zombie show would right. be a horror show. And there's been some gore for sure. And But I just don't feel like they've played up the horror show aspect of it. And especially this very last episode that we saw did that in a way that I just loved. And, and I would love that. That's, it, that's actually one ironically enough new direction that the walking dead could go is to just play up the horror aspect of it a little bit more. So mm. I would be stoked if they did that. Nothing like a little horror to keep it spicy. <laughs> oh yeah. But whatever they do, walking dead's always going to be a special show for me and hold a special place in my heart. Well, I agree with that a hundred percent. I mean, my, yeah. my life hasn't been changed in the same way yours has in that you make a living on it really, but it's, it's still the most I've ever paid attention to a show. And like you, I've met a lot of the people involved and it's changed my life in a lot of ways as well. I, I wouldn't be here doing this with you guys without right. the walking dead, you know? So, um, and I, and I was just going to say that you're right. It's not a horror show. It's always been more of like a, 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 dr- a dramatic show with gore. 
um, or or a, like a shocking dramatic show kind of yeah. you know action and drama yeah something like that and they could play up the horror a little bit more um, I'm not sure that's the only thing that's made the first half of season nine really really good no but it's, it's not it's yeah. certainly one of them yeah. um, but the the balance of the characters now and the fact that to be honest they've kind of sped up the storytelling a little bit yeah, exactly. I think it's all yes. it's all worked really well for me to to make it a great show for sure. And they've focused on the characters that we care about. And right. There's a bunch of things that you can tell they're like, oh, the fans uh, want this. So let's give them a little bit of that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did you right. see the news? Uh, sorry, did Jay, did you see the news the last week or two about somebody who complained that the Walking Dead recycles plot lines and and uh, Robert Kirkman came out in the letter hack section of the comic and basically said, you know what, that's kind of the way shows go but at the same time if you think that the governor is the same as negan and that's the same as whoever else then this just isn't the show for you he basically said uh if you're mm -hmm. going to complain about that go screw yourself yeah stop watching <laughs> yeah you. i i don't mean that so much as i just feel like uh there's themes the mm -hmm. theme of how far would you go uh, yeah. to, to save the person you loved or how can you come back from a dark place? Little things like that. Right. Uh, you know, it's in different ways, but those themes are explored over and over again. And um, so that, I guess that's what I mean. And I just think that especially if you're going to keep the same tone, it's hard to come up with new and fresh themes in the zombie apocalypse, or at least it seems like it is. Yeah. You know, I wrote something down similar because picking your best five, you know, you got to start thinking, well, what makes these so good to you? And I, I wrote down something like that where, you know, if there's a problem or a situation in the show that has no clear answer to it, you know, the characters are kind of damned if they do or damned if they don't. And it spoils, you know, it kind of spoils their their Boy Scout pure constitution, you know, as a character. And I like that. I don't like it when they uh, make bad decisions just for the sake of furthering the plot yeah that's a good point yeah it, it, the walking dead is great at presenting you with these decisions like um it, this isn't from the show but it's from the game but it's one i always think of where you have to decide this person's caught in a bear trap and there's a bunch of zombies coming mm -hmm. and you have to decide whether to chop their leg off to save them or not right <laughs> no either one of those is great regardless of what they do you're like what a dick <laughs> right <Yeah. laughs> Okay, uh, Chris. All right, four. so my my number four is a show that I just finished watching the most recent episode of last night, uh, mostly to stick to my rule that I had to have seen everything <laughs> that has broadcast. Um, but it's Better Call Saul. Mm. Yeah, the um, prequel, I guess, to Breaking Bad that focuses on um, Saul Goodman, the lawyer, who is... You know, in Breaking Bad, decidedly a side character, but was always kind of a fan favorite. So yeah. they made this show about him. And before Better Call Saul ever came on, uh, I heard about it and I thought, there's no way this show can work. I just, I don't see how this kind of one note character is going to be expanded out into an entire show. But now that we've had four seasons of it, and actually long before we got to season four, um... I, I would argue that this show might actually be better than Breaking Bad. And Breaking Bad is a show that I love, too. So 
somehow they've done a masterful job of of expanding Saul Goodman uh, into a fully realized and interesting character, surrounding him with other characters that I love too, and making them just as interesting. And this show moves slowly. It tells the story very slowly, but it always keeps it ca captivating. Um, sometimes you see characters doing things that you don't entirely understand, but I always know that it's going to make sense at some point. And they don't leave you hanging for too long with those sorts of uh, unresolved plot lines. Right. Um, and it's just a very methodically laid out story, but it's never tedious or boring. And I think they've done it absolutely perfectly. The season finale of season four, which we watched last night, was a highlight so of, mm. of the whole series for me. Yeah. And, you know, the stupid <clears throat> show, the stupid show made me kind of tear up a little bit in two separate, like almost back to back scenes near the end. Wow. Uh, I won't get into it really for spoilers, yeah. but I just never thought that four or five years ago when they were starting off with Better Call Saul that they would be able to make a show uh, this good and this consistently good about Saul Goodman or Slippin' Jimmy, as you know, he's <laughs> called cool. for a while. Is it? Does it have blood in it? Is it bloody? Not really. I mean, uh, no, it's not. It's not bloody. It's not. I, I, there are times, of course, because it involves the same industry as Breaking Bad. And right. Yeah. There are some good and bad people in that industry, but uh, it's not a super gory show or anything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's similar to Breaking Bad in a lot of ways. The the cinematography, the uh, the meticulousness that he mentioned. Yep. I mean, that's what I love about the storytelling of this crew is everything has a, a purpose and a reason. And sometimes we have criticism for The Walking Dead. It's like, why would they do that? Hmm. You never feel like that with these two shows. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it all makes sense and is put together so well like a puzzle. Right. But um, yes. Better Call Saul, at least up until recently, feels like the lighter cousin to Breaking Bad to me. Uh, Breaking Bad had this dark twistedness that Better Call Saul doesn't have so much. That's cool. Yeah, you know, that's another pet peeve, too, is when they change characters or get rid of a character or introduce a new character, yeah. they don't explain it. I don't yeah, like that. no, the, everything has its place in the show. So Better Call Saul was on my list until I had to knock it off. It's probably number six for me right now. And... um one thing as you were talking about how how are they going to expand this character Saul into a show I, I feel like actually we only really just saw Saul on the show four seasons in yeah you know because uh, Breaking Bad is about this uh, chemistry teacher who turns into this right, meth yeah. drug lord I've seen Breaking over Bad. time Better Call Saul is similar in that it, you expect to see a show about Saul but when they start out he's actually this affable guy <laughs> and <laughs> you see him turn into the sleazebag lawyer but he's <laughs> only just gotten there that would be interesting yeah and, and I'm kind of glad because even though I liked watching Saul in Breaking Bad I also didn't like the guy Mm. And mm -hmm. I didn't know for sure if I'd want to be watching an hour of him every week. So it was nice that they eased us into it. But now that we're here, I feel like I'm totally ready for it. Cool. Yeah, it's you're right. Actually, it's got a similar structure to to Breaking Bad, which yeah. isn't surprising. You know, it's, it's the fine, same people yeah. uh, start start with a guy who who is a good person who ends up ends up doing things uh you know, not great things for other people, you know, uh, 
Jimmy or Saul is, is, is doing things for his brother and so on. And, uh, just like Walter White was doing things for his family. So yeah, they're, they're similar in that way, but you're right. It's also like a big puzzle. Everything is important. Nothing is there by accident and it all slowly comes together over time. And they managed to pull that off better than any other show. I think. Yeah. Of all the shows in my honorable mention, that's the one I felt I betrayed the most. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Rich. All right. So my number four, and uh, you know, I'm just kind of picking these in order on the fly because you know what it boils down to? Whatever show I'm watching is my favorite show at that minute is what's going on. Like when Mad Men and Breaking Bad were on, but they came on at different times of the year, I'd be watching Mad Men and go, this is the best show ever. And then Breaking Bad. How could I think it was Mad Men? Breaking Bad's obviously better. Right, right, right. So my number four is The Grand Tour with Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, James May, the car show. And I was so glad I got to put it on here because it's kind of a bit of a loophole because we agreed just in the last decade, right? But Top Gear started in 2002, but then Jeremy Clarkson, the main presenter guy, got fired about three years ago for punching his producer in the face (laughs) because his steak was too cold or some prima donna (laughs) shit like that, right? So so he gets fired from... Is he like the main guy, the blustery guy? tall with the beer belly Mm -hmm. and the curly hair. So he goes... So he gets fired from the BBC. So So the other two presenters, Richard Hammond and James May, follow him over to Amazon... And they got a new show on uh, Prime. But it's the same thing, pretty much. Called Grand Tour. It's pretty much the yeah, yeah. carbon copy. So I was like, cool, loophole. <laughs> Put it in there. <laughs> so what a, is it? Just, it's yeah. a motoring show. It's the most, fun fact, it's the most widely watched factual television program in the world, according to the Guinness Book mm-hmm. of World Records, 2015, anyways. And what I like about the show is the chemistry between the three hosts. They're like, you know, three good friends, and they're always joshing each other and screwing around. And they got a huge budget. I mean, millions of dollars per episode. And so they'll take these gigantic, big, expensive trips across the country and drive these cars, you know, and meet. They like drive the really fancy or sports cars. They do for their segments, yeah. But a lot of times their their tours are just regular cars that they have to modify to get over the terrain and stuff like Uh that and through the different parts of the country they're in. But yeah, the other part of it too is the big expensive cars that they review. I mean, some of them cost, you know, four or five, six hundred thousand dollars. So it's fun to watch them drive those mm-hmm. on the little cobblestone roads in Europe and in the rain and, you know, through the dirt and stuff because they're kind of unwieldy. And you see just like, it's all, you know, it's totally a fantasy car. You know, the only place you could really drive it is on the track. So that was fun. That's cool. I saw, I mean, I love Tesla. So I, I watched a couple of segments when they drove the yeah. Teslas in there. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressed. So it- is the idea that they're just they're like modifying cars or they're just reviewing them or they're just car dudes that love to yeah they're definitely car dudes and then they do reviews on these big huge expensive supercars and then sometimes they do a view uh, a few reviews on smaller cars that most people can afford and then the other (laughs) half of the show is usually them going on some grand tour over the you know through south america or you know an egyptian desert or something like that Wow. It's got to be disappointing if they like roll out a Honda Civic one day and be like, this is a great <laughs> car to put your family in. <laughs> they get a lot of complaints. So they're like, why do you keep reviewing cars that no one can afford? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's like a fantasy show. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's right. exactly what it is. That's it's like Lifestyles it. of the Rich and Famous or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. My turn, right? My number four is Legion on FX, which is a show about this guy, David Holler, who is a schizophrenic mutant. Whoa. He 
has you know like a it's in the marvel universe actually uh, he's a marvel character and he has extremely powerful mental abilities uh practically godlike but he's all fucked up in the head so it's he's dangerous right <laughs> wow. and he's he's seems like basically a good person but it's still kind of scary the idea of being around him because he might just flip out or something yeah and so watching the show it's done by this guy noah holly who did the fargo tv show which i loved and he's an auteur he really pays attention to the way everything looks and is framed symmetrically and and the color scheme and everything and um you also can't tell what's real or not mm-hmm. when you're watching it. So you feel schizophrenic yourself oh, really? and it's trippy. And some people I recommended the show to didn't like that because yeah. they were, they didn't like it. It's uncomfortable, but yeah. um, I don't know. It's also got moments of extreme heart and romance and action. And you see all these other mutants kind of like a stand in of the X-Men team, but it's other mutants who have really interesting, weird powers and, the, the show does a good job of presenting what it's like little things that you wouldn't think of if you actually had powers. Like there's this, uh, girl who's a strong fighter, but she lives inside this older guy. Mm. Uh, and she only pops out when it's time to fight. Mm. <laughs> and then at one point during the show, they get separated, uh, and she's like having to eat for the first time. And she's like, what? Ugh, this is gross. <laughs> like, why would you put something in your mouth? And just wow. little things like that, you know, <clears throat> it's yeah. funny. So it's funny. And Jermaine Clement from flight of the Concords has a, a supporting role. And he's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of mirthfulness in the show, but it also gets really dark sometimes, which yeah. I, I love the variation. Uh, it's so imaginatively creative and, uh, beautiful to look at i don't know it's just uh you really feel there's a creative vision behind the show but also this joy of spontaneity and creativity behind it and it's smart too so uh and and it combines two of my favorite things superheroes and great tv making yeah (laughs) yeah it's my favorite superhero show by far has it been on for a while oh no they only had two seasons so far and it was renewed for season three but it's got really low viewership Uh. like like our, one of our favorite shows, Ash vs. Evil Dead, which we all podcasted on. Fucking great show. Very low viewership. I wouldn't be surprised if season three is its last season. So wow. I was happy to hear that it even got renewed for that that much. And I did a podcast on it. Um, first year was a crossover with Bald Move with uh, Jim and Aaron. And second year, Rima jumped in with me. And uh, I'll probably be continuing on for season three on that just because I love the show so much. Cool. What network is it on? FX. FX, right. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I have not seen Legion, but uh, when you guys started podcasting on it, it moved up my list because I wanted to listen to you guys, but I never got around to it. Yeah, there's just... 495 shows so yeah, that's the problem there's like 10,000 podcasts right? yeah. well exactly. hey if you're gonna watch the show I hope you're not choosing which podcast <laughs> come on <laughs> okay uh, Chris okay so me for number three is going to be the leftovers mm. the HBO show that had three seasons not too long ago um, the the premise of this show it's not it's not a spoiler to say the premise i don't think but the idea nah the idea here is that two percent of the world's population suddenly disappears and the show 
is is dealing with the people who are remaining and how they handle this. So oh, I like those. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Based on a book, if I'm not mistaken, but they did three three seasons of it, and it's created by Damon Lindelof, who you will of course remember as one of the showrunners for Lost, um, which was ineligible for this list because it was before uh, 2009. But you can feel the Lindelof. Um, influence on this show i think but i also think that he took everything he learned from working on lost which is a show i loved i gotta say um and and used all that experience and knowledge to make the leftovers because this show in my opinion doesn't really have any of the problems or at least it's not subject to the same criticisms that uh, lost was i agree with that yeah and It, it makes it clear that we're not about answers it does, but I right. think this show actually provides more answers ultimately too, when yes. when you when you watch all three seasons. So yeah. um I thought it was an amazing story. Uh everybody in it was great. It stars Justin Thoreau in the lead role. He was amazing. Was really good. Really good. Uh, and not a guy I'd really seen in a lot of other things, I don't think, but uh he was fantastic. And another notable one here is Carrie Coon. Really who good. was really good, was also in Fargo, right? Yeah. But she was yeah. in this first, yeah. She was in this first. Yeah. Amazing. And she was one of the characters who suffered the most, I think, in this what they call the sudden departure of all these people. So really, really fascinating character. Yeah, because it was just random people that disappeared. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. uh, I hope you don't mind, Chris, but her whole family, her Uh, kids and her husband, I think. Yeah, that's right. Most people most people didn't lose like everybody close to them, but she did. And that is so tragic and heartbreaking, but also makes for fascinating storytelling. I right, think so. Right. Um, now, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, nothing. I was just going to say uh, there are three seasons. It's um, uh, it's it doesn't. That's not a lot of seasons, but the story isn't perfunctory or any way. They really use those three seasons well. Well, it's you know, good too because uh, I think HBO would have probably let the show continue, but Damon Lindelof decided he wanted to end it, and so he got to end it the way he. Yep. He felt was the best for the show. Yeah. I think that's another takeaway from Lost a little bit. I know they kind of decided that as well, but they went six years, right? So, you know, there's that. But season one focuses mostly on this one family and the town they live in. Um, It feels like the world is still reeling from the departure of everybody. And it has some really fascinating cult related stuff in season one. Season two expands it a little bit more into another town. Um, which is really interesting because this town happens to have nobody that disappeared, which is a really cool idea. And then finally, so everybody season, wants to go there. Everybody wants to go there. They figure it's safe or they're like, why did nobody depart from here? And then season three, it expands even more. It goes a little more sci-fi in season three, I think, but it also, it also does its best to provide some kind of explanation and answers to what the hell's going on. So just a really great, short three season uh show with amazing performances a fascinating premise and all around hbo did a great job with mm-hmm. this one cool did they intend to end it after three seasons do you think yeah yeah, yeah. the creator decided i want to cut it short yeah um yep. that's all he had in him cool. but uh, I, this show i like too and i and i love the way it ended up uh, and I'm super critical of Lindelof, so I was watching it with a skeptical eye, but ended up really liking it a lot. But that first season, um, 
And the only reason I kept watching is because Karen loved it and she kept talking about it. So I was like, okay. But that I mean, first season is really depressing. Yeah. And it also has this group of people that I hate and think make no sense. <laughs> the cigarette people <laughs> who never talk and just smoke cigarettes. Wow. And uh, well, every time I, I saw them, I had a just a, um, just an annoyed feeling Wow. that uh. went to the depths of my soul Jeez. so uh <laughs> so uh i'm just trying to impart how how much i hated, I hated them, them huh? uh and so like I, I i i read that okay for season two they're gonna lighten it up a little bit so that's what got yeah. me part of what got me to go back and they really made the show great i feel like but man that first season was rough so if you are gonna jump in i would just say um, get ready for that wow well, well, cigarettes I, would be free <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't agree. I think the uh, that group is fascinating in that it's it's one of those things that it's definitely weird. But, you know, you don't know what would happen if something like that really occurred in the real world. Right. And you'd get all kinds of wacky. I yeah. think the splinter groups and pseudo religious organizations and stuff like that. And Sure, they're weird, but I found them weird and creepy and fascinating. So it were, they worked for me. I agree. People are weird without an apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> okay, Richard. All right, I'm going with Drunk History. <laughs> Great show. Not a lot to talk about, honestly. It's drunk people telling a historical story, and then they get these A-list actors to act it out. But that's the best part about the whole show. Uh, the the actors will reenact the exact dialogue the drunk and bastard is talking about and complete with the slurring and the hiccups and the burps and the sounds of <laughs> agony and puking. It's, it's hilarious. The best of the best, I think, of all those are, are is uh, Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' son. He's in it a lot. He's a master at miming these stories. And, you know, I picked it because it's honestly the only show, well, maybe not the only, but definitely one of two that has made me cry from laughing so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in particular, season one, episode two, where uh, this guy, Rich Fulcher, talks about Abraham Lincoln. Oh, my God. He is a character when he's drunk. So I have a question <laughs> yeah. about this. I've heard of this show. I've never seen it, but are they actually drunk? Like, people get wasted and, and yeah. make a show? Yeah, they're completely <laughs> wasted, and then they sit down and... And I read, uh, you know, the behind the scenes stuff on it. And sometimes they're so wasted, they have to write some of the stuff down for them to say because they just can't get it out themselves. But most <laughs> of the time they're uh, they're doing it on their own and they're, you know, complete with pausing while they roll around on the floor trying to keep their head from spinning. You know, they'll just get distracted by a fly that's flying around while they're telling the story, you know. And Derek Waters is uh, started it way back in 2007 but it was only a web show at that time. And then in 2013, they brought it to Cam Comedy Central. Right. That sort of makes sense to me. Start this online, and if people love it, then bring it to the mainstream TV. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you know, as a teacher, I just I, I can relate. It's hilarious. If only learning was so fun in school. <laughs> well, I think you found the key ingredient. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's right, obviously. What could possibly go wrong for you? <laughs> <laughs> you teach middle school. Go for it. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, my turn. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
My number three is a little show I like to call Ash vs. Evil Dead. What? <laughs> Only <Wow>. number three? <laughs> I, knew you got, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> That's high. Yeah. Well, I think I just gave away where mine's at. Huh? <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? This show shouldn't even be on my list because, you know, in real life, typically... A lot of times when I hear like sex jokes and poop jokes and gratuitous gore and lowbrow humor, I kind of, I, I sometimes <laughs> look down on it. Right. And this show makes me laugh so hard <laughs> and I love it. And I feel like uh, Ash, uh, people who don't know, he's, well, he's the star of the movies, the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. And in the course of those movies, he had to fight all these uh, demon zombie demon like creatures called deadites and he got his hand chopped off and replaced with a chainsaw <laughs> and he's a um total blowhard womanizer and the kind of guy that it sounds like you wouldn't like but you end up loving him right and the show uh it, it avoids being um too on PC by kind of making fun of him a little bit, mm -hmm. but you also idolize him. Yeah. And watching this show, it, I felt so such freedom. Like the, the gore is so over the top and the humor is just so wrong yeah. that I felt like <laughs> fucking a, I feel like I'm unrestrained. I, I have the freedom to just laugh about this and us doing our podcast. I was a lot less reined in right. uh, just doing it just because of the subject matter, I think. While you're watching it sometimes, yeah. you're like, I don't know if I should be watching right. this. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was one scene in particular that on the podcast practically rendered us speechless. Right. It was so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, I mean, still, what do you say about That it? image is never going to leave no. our heads. Right. It's like two girls in a cup or something. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and so um yeah and, uh, it, it's also really clever and it, it does the impossible thing of taking this thing that we all loved as kids richard and i watched it in high school together and uh figuring out how to make that into a tv show by expanding the world of the of the concept out in a way that works in a way that added new things that really work new characters yeah. but also kept the spirit of the show too and man, it was just amazing that how great a job they did with that and didn't fuck it up. And then people <laughs> didn't watch it and it got right. canceled. Yeah. And I'm sad. <laughs> All the viewers yeah. fucked it up. That's the problem. Yeah. Watch. <laughs> yeah. So I have uh, a few clips. I, I have a feeling um, I might have a chance to play a couple more of these. So I'm just going to play one right now. Uh, won't even give too much context, but just to give people a sense of what it's like. So this is Ash and his sidekick Pablo trying to figure out how to save their friend Kelly who's trapped in the demonic realm. These are just clips I had left from the, the very last episode. So here it is. All right, we got some ladies to bring back to life. So how do we do this? This is your plan. I thought you knew. Oh, come on, man. I don't know anything about this riff crap. You're the Cuervo Especial. El Brujo Especial? Yeah, whatever. You shake your little rattle, say some juju words, I jump in the rift. Oh yeah, and come back demonized like that night guy? That didn't work with Kelly. Yeah, but she was... What? A girl? No. Hiffy. I, pregnant? But, uh... You dog, did you? No. Hiffy. <laughs> I think in order to get to this evil dead place... Is to get really wasted and do some shrooms. I can do that in my sleep. No. <laughs> I think you gotta let the evil kill you. Okay. Stop. 
It's one thing to read from an evil book and bad shit plagues your life. I never said anything about the D word in all of my plans. All right, well, I don't have any other ideas, so that's oh, all I got. boy. <laughs> Amazing. You know, the best oh, thing about boy. Ash is you, you, you are equally... Uh, disgusted by him and want to be him. Right, <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't know. That's right. It's amazing that they've been able to strike that balance. <laughs> but it would only work in that. Yeah, you couldn't be like that every day in your normal life. <laughs> well, it I would only work not. in that. I show. mean, I love the scenes where they're just, he works in a like convenient. What is it? Like a hardware store. Hardware store. No, when he the, the show first started, the S Mart uh, or whatever. It's like S Mart, yeah. but it's like a Walmart. Yeah. And yeah. he's just being his total dickish self there, and it's funny as hell, I think. <laughs> or the, his manager tells him to take all these light bulbs and bring it to the sh back room, and they all spill out, and then he, <laughs> he's crunching all over him. Oh, oh God, oh! <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no one heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then he takes a broom and starts <laughs> Sweeps it under a carpet or something, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, uh... Chris. Uh, well, I um uh Number just two. before we leave just before we leave Ash, mm. um I I love it too, of course. I never got to meet Bruce at at a at a con, but I think you did, right? That's mm -hmm. that's pretty fun. Um although the panel we did with the rest of them was one of my favorite panels of all time. So uh Yeah, we, it was uh, uh Ted Raimi was on that. Yeah. And uh yeah, the other characters from the show, uh, Pablo and Kelly, and who else was on it? Lee. Lee Majors. Lee Majors. That's right. Yeah, Jill Marie Lee Jones. Majors. Jill Marie Jones. Yeah, it was it was almost everybody but but Bruce. Um, yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I had a great time doing that with you. So <laughs> anyways, my number two is Netflix anthology sci-fi series Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. It was originally a British show that Netflix bought and continued after the British uh, version. I guess the BBC probably did two seasons of it. Um, and like I said, it's an anthology series. So uh, each episode is more or less standalone. You don't really have to watch them in a particular order. Although I kind of recommend watching them in an order because um, one of the things that they do amazing is even though they're very distinct, they're all kind of related to each other, sometimes thematically and sometimes just with little Easter eggs. So um, that isn't essential to enjoy it, but I think it's added something to the way I've watched it, which is in order from beginning to end. Um, and they tackle subjects, all sort of technology related, VR, robotics, video games, or, or things even very close to current real life, like social media addiction and stuff like that. And they managed to to couple them with really sort of human themes of friendship and love or parenting or anything like that. So I think they do a really good job making that balance between the sort of sci-fi tech elements and the, the human stuff. Um, every episode to me feels like a really fully realized world and characters you immediately bond with and care about, which is, I think, can be tough to do consistently when you have different characters every single episode. So um, I feel like they've done a really good with that, a good job with that. I think it's one of the best written shows on TV. There's an episode called San Junipero, which is a frigging masterpiece. Like mm. It's one of my favorite episodes of TV, like of any show um, that I've ever seen. So 
you know, uh, if you're going to start in the middle, that would be a good one to start with. Mm. But um, uh, other than that, I just I just love it. I think it's amazing. And I'm, I'm excited anytime there's new Black Mirror coming in. I do think it's a small miracle, though, that the show continued to exist after its first like pilot episode, because there is some <laughs> it, it is it, it deals with a subject matter that uh, is controversial and you know you mean there are, pig fucking <laughs> that's that would be it yep yep pig fucking <laughs> so the thing about watching them in order and i love this show but it, yeah. that i would definitely suggest is if you decide to watch that first episode first know that the rest of the show is not as perverted as that one <laughs> that's because, exactly what i, I have say. told people i love the show check it out and then i don't hear from them again <laughs> <laughs> they unfriend you right? yeah. yeah that's right that's exactly what I was going to say. Like watch that first one. And even if it, if, if it makes you uncomfortable or grossly offends you, like keep going, uh, move on. It's totally worth it. And they're not all that. They're not like that. Yeah. They're not all like that. And you know what? I had a new appreciation for that episode after I watched the rest of the series, because you realize that the series is kind of a commentary on, on technology in our lives and how I, I feel like a lot of times anyway, how, technology can amplify our own foibles and mm-hmm. when you look at the first episode through that lens about and technology includes social media too then you start to see or at least i started to see different things about what what the show was trying to say but the first time i watched it i could only think why why <laughs> <laughs> why yeah but yes i agree that's a great show great great show so um number two on my list Sweet, sweet, Richard. So my number two, I'm going with the Tick. Nice. Uh, Twenty seven. Yes. <laughs> well, so the Tick. This version of the Tick uh, on Prime Video is written by Ben Edlund, who was the actual original creator of the Tick back in 1986, the comic book, and uh, and it's produced by Patrick Warburton, who was the voice in the cartoon version of the Tick back in uh, I think it was 2000. And so this one brings all of that together, all that past, you know, content and experience and puts it into a show. It's just, it's great. The, the basic, Brandon, I was thinking of this just now when Jason was talking about Ash versus Evil Dead. The basic premise isn't that much different than Ash versus Evil Dead. You got a small group of, of like sort of heroes that follow a, a big, dumb, indestructible guy and try to save the world from evil. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of parallels mm-hmm. there. You know, it even says a bunch of dumb that. things too. Totally. But the what's funny to me in the tick is the mo, you know the tick himself will monologue just like Ash did about how him and Arthur are saving the world as they're trying to save the world. <laughs> it, it's it is you're right because like uh, with with um, Ash when Kelly first meets him she's like what adult mm-hmm. but she can't help but get he's so uh strong in his reality mm-hmm. that you can't help but get caught in, up in it in it and then eventually come to see him as as this hero right and it's the same thing with tick when you first meet him you're like well, who is this idiot? right and but, in the long run they're not wrong you're right everything yeah. they're doing they're not wrong <laughs> so it's got it's got it's got good special effects uh, it's got some bloody scenes in it, especially when you're, you got Overkill, who's like the anti-hero. He just hacks and slashes way through the show. And then you got Arthur and Tick, you know, and they team up to show lots of feats of strength. And they have brief <laughs> scenes of, of actual 
terror and horror so it's got a little bit of everything there's been three incarnations the cartoon from the 80s yeah we're talking about was the, the comic book from the 80s the comic book cartoon is 2000 oh was it that yeah. that oh I, that recent really the cartoon I, pretty sure i, I thought it was maybe 90s Anyways, the cartoon, then there was the live action, the first live action show. With Patrick oh, Warburton. yeah, the live action show was 2000. Sorry. Yeah, I think the cartoon, cartoon was, was the in 80s. The, in the, yeah, early. or maybe 90s. Okay, and then there was this one you're talking about now. So, two live action shows, a cartoon. Which one's the best? This one right here. Okay, cool. I yeah, haven't seen it. One. I got to check it out. I think so too. I watched it and uh, um, I liked, I loved the new latest version of The Tick. Too. I think it's the best one. I love how clueless the tick is, and that, yeah. but that's been you know that's been a character trait of his all along. But it really, really works. Uh, and I also like how kind of dedicated he is to not just what he does, but Arthur and the yeah. other people. Right? It's like he would do anything for for Arthur. He's and like you, Arthur's. You don't even Arthur's giant dog. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Giant blue superhero indestructible dog. Right. Yeah. He's totally like committed and uh, just loves Arthur to death. Yeah. A hundred percent. I, I thought for a while that the tick maybe was all in Arthur's mind. I know. I, I, I had that thought too, but uh, I mean, maybe there's a way to interpret that, but I don't think, I don't think so. Yeah. No. Okay. My number two, just like you, Chris is black mirror amazing <laughs> which i love so much it was actually i thought yeah this is my number one until i remembered what my number one actually was and I was like, oh yeah <laughs> duh. how could you forget about that show but anyways um to me the way i think of this show is i always loved the twilight zone with rod serling back in the right. 60s so yep. good and just so biting and they've done several twilight zone like shows since then including reincarnations of the twilight zone with different hosts and like you know, Outer Limits and Tales from the Dark Side and things like that, uh, Alfred Hitchcock. And I always find them a little bit lacking. I mean, I like them, yeah. but they're not, they don't quite live up to the Twilight Zone. Black Mirror, to me, totally does. This is the Twilight Zone for our age. And it's really smart and dark and it's edgy. Gets you, yeah. And it's poignant. And it can be funny, too. I mean, you saw the Star Trek like one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's twisted and dark, but it can be really fun too. And that's another thing I love about it is it's so varied because it's an anthology. So you get different cast every time, of course, and story, but also the tone can be a little different. Like San Junipero is probably one of the more optimistic ones. It uh, is. Yeah. Uh, uh, but there's some that are just like heartbreaking. Uh, so, I mean, and, and it amazes me that they can keep up that level of quality. Every, every episode is good. I think. Um, even the pig fucking one. <laughs> so I I really like this show a lot. And if you decide to watch it, just remember what we said about that first episode. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, one thing I don't think you mentioned, Chris, is Black Mirror just came out with this movie. Have you seen it? Mm -hmm. no. I have seen it. Right. Because you had to see every episode before That's it was right. on the list. And so it's a choose your own adventure style movie. Oh, wow. Called what's it called? Uh, Bandersnatch. Uh, and yeah. as you watch it, you get there's certain moments where it says, do you want to eat this kind of cereal or that kind? Or, you know, then it get the stakes get bigger, but you get to choose where you want it to go. Cool. And it's really true. Is that online? Yeah. It's yeah. on Netflix. And uh, that was fun. And I also have to mention that 
um, Strange Indeed, one of the podcasts in our network, they cover that show. They co- tend to cover Netflix shows. And so they've covered this movie and they've covered a bunch of the other episodes. So if you're interested in watching it along with the podcast, you should check them out. Cool. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the Twilight Zone, because if I was making a list of my top five shows of all time, yeah. it would be like number one or two. Probably. <laughs> really? I've always what would be your number one? Show. Twilight Zone? I know well, that's hard. It might be. There's yeah, there's a really good chance it would be. Um when we get to my number one in a minute, I we'll see. I don't know. But okay, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, mine would either be Breaking Bad, Seinfeld, or what my number one uh, this time is. I, I can't really decide among those three. Do you have a number right, one show reason? ever? I think if I really had to be pressed into th- to choosing it'd probably be Star Trek. Or Cheers. Mm. Original Star Trek? No. Next Generation. Next Generation. Mm. Cheers yeah. is on my list for sure. Cheers was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers was awesome. It's all old. Right. I found when I was doing my research, when I was doing the, the viewing history on Netflix, most of the shit I watch is either documentaries or comedies from the like, 80s and 90s. <laughs> <laughs> That's like 80% of what I watch. Okay. Where are we, Chris? Number right. one. So my number one. So... This one was a no-brainer for me, to be honest with you. Um, and it's The Handmaid's Tale, the uh, Hulu show that is has done two seasons now. Now, before I started watching it, uh, it wasn't really on my radar a couple of years ago. Um, I didn't know it was coming. Then when it came out, I thought, oh, that's cool. Handmaid's Tale show might be good. Maybe I'll check it out someday. But then a friend of mine told me that the pilot episode was one of the best pilots she'd ever seen. I thought, okay, I was a little bit skeptical, but I'll give it a try. And man, was she right. It's an amazing pilot. And then, so I was hooked immediately and I watched all of season one. And at the end of season one, I decided that as a complete season, it was one of, if not the best seasons of TV I'd ever watched, like as, as a whole unit, like there was everything about it, I think was amazing and just blew me away. So you know, it's the best adaptation of a book I think I've ever seen. Mm. My jaw was constantly on the floor. I just couldn't get enough of this show. I loved it so much. <laughs> um, and then, so my anticipation for season two was basically as high as it could possibly have been because I loved season one so much. And uh, like, I was delighted that it didn't let me down. I thought season two was just as good. And, um, I, you know, I have this tendency sometimes to let my expectations get a little bit out of control for stuff. And then, and then I'm often let down because of that. But Handmaid's Tale has done two seasons and it has still surpassed every expectation I have had. And I just love it so much. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I think most people know the, the premise of The Handmaid's Tale. I don't Say think it anyway. A, Say it. Yeah. I will. I, I will. It's it's not a surprise what you're getting into, but it's um it's sort of a dystopian near future um, where there's been a civil war and some other things that have happened, but has resulted in a totalitarian society basically ruled by men. And it's based on the, the Margaret Atwood novel, of course. Um, so the show sort of plays out from there. And season one is basically the book. Uh, and season two is more or less new content that comes after the events of the book. Uh, but it doesn't, the show doesn't shy away from some of the terrifying images that are, 
you know, in the book and depicted on screen or the, you know, some of the ceremonies that they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not afraid to just fully immerse you in like horrifying scenes involving the subjugation of, of the women. Um, and, and you're repulsed by it, but also just completely enthralled <laughs> in a way. Yeah. At least I, that's because what it's I from the point of view of one of the handmaids who's played right. by Elizabeth Moss and does such a good job. Uh, she, they're the subjugated class. The handmaids actually are, uh, because there's a childbirth problem. Women mm-hmm. are not able to give birth anymore. Yeah. And so, but there are certain women who can, and so they're kind of slaves and they have to go to these married couples and have sex with the husbands and give them a baby and then go away wow. in the yeah. ceremony where all three are present. Mm. So it's really weird. I and, see why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so you're, you're pulling for this one handmaid to escape this right. society. It's, um, but yeah, it, it's I, I agree. This isn't on my list, but it's on my honorable mentions and it's really good. And it's the kind of show that you want to just keep watching. Have and, you seen season two? Jay? Yeah, and it's good. I it's mean, good. Elizabeth Moss is so good. And, you know, I loved her on Mad Men. And in fact, I, I was thinking about it and I've seen her in, in a few other things and some movies and she's always been really good. But she is so good in this show. And in season two, there is a scene that is she's asked to do some things that are uh, like I almost indescribable, but she pulls it off like I've never seen before uh, when she's in that house by herself. So unbelievable show. I I, I don't know. I just can't um, I can't express how good I think it is. And this is the one that it. You know, it's either this or Twilight Zone that would be number one on my mm. all-time list right now. So, yeah, cool. this is a damn good show. I love it, and I also feel like you know one of the good things about it is it's sort of a it's a wake-up call to make sure that our society does not go this way. <laughs> yes, and in that vein, it feels a little bit like okay. I have the wake up call. So now I'm starting to feel a little guilty watching more of this because it's feeling like misery porn. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, does this help the message to see these women suffer for another season? I kind of know what you mean, but I just find it so riveting that I do want to watch it. And I, I don't think there are, there are moments in the show of, um, uh, of of the opposite message, a little bit uplifting. Like there are scenes. Oh sure, be- yeah. There are scenes between um, Elizabeth Moss as Alfred, and I wanted to mention Yvonne Strahovski too as Serena Joy because I really only knew her from Dexter before, Me and too. this is a a pretty different character. But there's the odd scene between them where every once in a while the balance of power shifts a little bit into Alfred's favor, and it's done in a subtle way. But you pick up on it and yeah. God, does it make you feel good in that moment? But yeah. then it often swings back the other way, too. So, mm. yeah, um, totally. I don't think it's all misery porn, but I can see that. I can see how people would feel that way. Um, and, I think when it's all said and done, though, I hope that there's a bit of a balance there. Uh, and and I, I also just worry that dragging it out could feel like just that dragging it out that mm. to keep it at the quality that it's at, I almost want to make sure that it's, 
each season is is worthwhile and that it's tightly written and you know if it needs to be wrapped up for them to wrap it up i mean i don't know i'm just over worrying because I, I like the show and i don't want to see it go downhill like uh be dragged out like certain other shows is there yeah, any it, is there any uh like glimmer of hope or light at the end of the tunnel in this well show? sometimes she'll like get away and you you have a glimmer of hope and then she gets captured again and you're like fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I think it has that though because yeah. well first of all i was going to say that if they if they came out and said we're just doing one more season three i would be over the moon because that i think it would be amazing they like the leftovers do three solid seasons tell a great story and and get out but yeah. um there there's definitely that glimmer of hope because this you know dystopian society depicted is really just the united states canada mm-hmm. still exists as a free place and the rest oh. of the world still exists as a free yeah. country and so people try to flee to to canada um and so there's there's that. I mean, I think that's a pretty big um, nugget of hope, sort of. That's Did that make there, you feel right? kind of proud? <laughs> a little bit. It's also <laughs> shot. It's also shot up here in Toronto in the surrounding area. So yeah. I Canadians feel, I are sometimes... like unsurprised. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. I can see they're like, "Yep, that's what's going to happen." <laughs> well, we're sitting up here going, you know, that doesn't seem that crazy, right? Yeah, now. <laughs> not that far off. Yeah. Um, so the showrunner said, I think he said he had 10 seasons worth of story in him. Oh God. And, uh, but he said that cause there's an afterward in the book that just gives a summary of the next many years, I think 50 years or something. So he yeah. said he would pull from that. Um, but also, I don't know if you knew this, but Margaret Atwood announced recently, she's writing a sequel to that book. I did know that. Yep. Yeah. And apparently yeah. it's not going to necessarily be related to the show but it's still interesting like i, w- I want to read it handmaid's tale is for most high school students in this country required reading so mm. i did have to read it as as a teenager in high school i must admit i didn't love it back then but that's mostly because i was a stupid high school student but <laughs> the um who didn't want to do anything but the show gave me a much a new appreciation for it and i went back and read it again you know as an adult and sort of realized the the genius of it so mm-hmm. i'm excited for the sequel and i'll be reading it for sure so you've betrayed ash versus evil ted <laughs> yeah ted. what's going on uh, here man <laughs> i have i have i'll be honest with you i kind of thought about it in the same way as walking dead in that we already did a podcast on it so uh, i'll i'll exclude it but um okay certainly uh, certainly a difficult choice if I hadn't decided to exclude it. <laughs> yeah, it was I the only choice that. that was easy for me. It's my yeah. number one. <laughs> Ash versus Evil Dead. And uh, you know what? It's everything that Jason said and everything that Chris said. Plus, uh, it's it, most of the shows I watch, I usually end up binge watching or binge watching. I should say. <laughs> and uh, this one, though, we watched you know as it came out every week, and I think that added to it for me because you just, I, you couldn't wait till the next episode mm-hmm. you know you'd watch it yeah and you were like oh my god what was that so you'd watch it again and then we did more time to think about it, it yeah and, and then you analyzed it and found what you really liked about it and then you couldn't wait for the next episode i think you know you lose a little something when you binge watch stuff now but uh yeah i don't know what does it mean i mean here you got a hero that's racist and sexist <laughs> and moronic and hilarious i mean i don't know what that says about me or anyone who likes this show but it's funny mm-hmm. it sure is rich i'm not surprised it's your number one and i certainly don't hold it against you it's an amazing show and it would be on my list if 
if uh, if I didn't purposefully exclude it. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys are, sound like you're much more highbrow than I am. I like dirty <laughs> comedy. Hey, number three, that's not too bad uh, for me. But uh, so I have more clips. Here is um, Ash fighting this little demonic kid. It's two clips. So first, I think it was it the kid or somehow this woman got her head cut off. And then the little kid uh, crawls up her vagina. So here we go with that. Good times. Oh, you are way too young to be going up there. That's it for that. And then the little kid's head pops out of her neck hole and then animates her corpse and starts fighting Ash. Here we go with that one. Oh, inside voice. Yeah. Watch it, Buster. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Don't push it, Tiny Tim. Yeah. Oh. Good sound on that show. Good sound effect. I don't. Yeah. How can I think? Pig fucking on Black Mirror is super weird, and then watch that. And I be like, that's a, that's amazing. Like, I love that we go from Handmaid's Tale to, <laughs> to <this>. right <laughs> opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, can anyone guess what my number one is? Game of Thrones. That's it. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. that's not on your list, Chris. Oh, me too, a little bit. But that's why I made this thing so hard. <laughs> I'm 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 impressed that you guessed though. So. Game of Thrones is such a big, expansive show. And um, some people who don't like fantasy didn't think that, you know, didn't. I don't want to watch that. But it, it's so dark and, and mean and it's all about politics and people backstabbing and, and cruelty like torture and uh, just really like people being awful and your favorite characters dying off. And you have to find new pa- favorite characters like it's just so dark. I don't know if I'm talking it up here, but <laughs> uh, that part of it makes it feel like more than just some frilly fantasy show, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's it's deep. And I mean, it's um edgy. And also the, the world that it realizes is so fully realized this expansive history, kind of like what J.R.R. Tolkien did with yeah. his universe, all the histories of the different um, houses and lands and the wars that have been fought for thousands of years back, you feel like the author um, George R. R. Martin has it all figured out and it's based on our history. So it's things that, uh, that you feel like could have really happened and it, it kind of has a medieval feel to it. So um, all yeah. this political maneuvering, you can get totally like invested in it. Huh? Yeah, absolutely. And then as you go on, like the first season barely has any magic in it at all. So if you don't like that kind of stuff, it's not even in there. But then as you go on and you get more invested in the series, it does become more magical with dragons and creatures and zombies and things like that, that come in and the, these, some of the most amazing battles ever filmed ever, including on movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so incredibly done as the series went along and it got more and more popular HBO started throwing more money at them so they were able to make what was already a great looking show just amazing incredible some of the best that has ever been on TV so I don't know people probably you guys have all seen that and decided whether you liked it or not so yeah I agree about the battle scenes admittedly that's all I've watched 
Yeah, I mean, Rich, you told me that you know it, it after watching the battle scenes, it seemed kind of boring to go back and watch it, and I could see that it's kind of like. Um, I don't know if you eat your dessert first, you know, Yeah, it's like the way to watch that show. If you want to get into it is to force yourself to just go back to the beginning and, and watch it and try to get into all the intrigue and stuff like that. Cause I think I would have been the same way if I would have watched the battle scenes Mm. first, then I might've not been able to sit through all that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, there's long periods between the battle Mm -hmm. scenes first few until you get seasons towards the end. Yeah. Well, I agree. It's an amazing show. It's, it's a dense, show you know a lot of characters a lot going on it took me a few tries to get into i'll i'll admit that but way back in season one um i watched the first few episodes and had trouble sort of following along and then took a break and then started over again but eventually i I got going um but you know and as much as i enjoy it sometimes well two things one it's probably one of my most anticipated shows for this year in that the final season is coming up for 2019. So I'm super looking forward to that. But I realized that I think sometimes I actually anticipate game of Thrones a little bit more than I, than I love watching. Appreciate it. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Appreciate. Yeah, exactly. For some reason, sometimes I think it's kind of like the Tyrion Lannister show and that's it. But <laughs> I think people are going to be mad for saying, for me saying that, but uh well, what, I mean, it's the awesome. thing that what comes up for me when you say that is, I mean, there's there's a lot of characters in the show and he's not he probably I think he does have more screen time than any other character, but not yeah. by a lot. No, and and you're I'm sure you're absolutely right about that, but he's the one that sticks out for me. Yeah. He's the one that I like watching the most and okay. I don't know if that says something I do about too. No, um, he's great. He's great. What's his he's name? He's my Peter friend. Dinklage. He's our friend Dan's cousin, by the way. Yeah. What? Uh, really? Yeah. 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 I remember Dan saying he used to Peter go Dinklage. over to his house when they were little tiny kids mm-hmm. like for birthday parties and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. That's cool. I, so I asked Dan, because by the way, I should, all, I should also pimp our podcast, House Podcastica, that's all about that. And Kristen's hosting that right now with guest hosts. So I'm on occasionally and she's doing a full rewatch. So you should definitely check that out if you're interested. But, uh, I tried to get Peter Dinklage. I, I I tried to get Dan to ask Peter Dinklage if he would come on. Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, I embarrassed myself with him at a wedding, family wedding, when I fanboyed <laughs> out on him and I don't feel comfortable asking him now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, okay. okay. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. Okay. Let's do some honorable mentions. Chris. Well, um, my honorable mentions include Game of Thrones, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good place. I must admit, I really enjoy the good place. I just started getting into that because it's been on so many lists and I've seen the first two episodes and I think it's cute, but I, I have to say I wouldn't keep watching if it hadn't been on so many best of lists. So I'm wondering if it gets better or if maybe it's just not my kind of show. It gets more complicated. It does get more complicated, but it, it might just not be your kind of show, but I, I think it does get better as it it goes along. Every once in a while they do, well, what, one of the things I like that they do is they, they sort of incorporate the philosophy into the show really well. Um, and not just the way they talk about it, but they sort of like thematically almost have, have the sort of philosophical questions built into the show. So, uh, I think they do a good job there. I think the actors are all charming and good and, uh, it's just a fun kind of, um, 
uh, kind of uh, just entertaining comedy, which I like. Yeah. Um, also, my honorable mentions is The Killing, that show on AMC. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people hated that show, especially with the way the first season ended, but I thought it was really, really good. Uh, Master of None was fantastic. Atlanta and Fargo. And uh, Fargo is one that I struggled with not yeah, putting on my yeah, top five so because that's another reason why it. you should check out Legion because Noah Hawley. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's the same guy, right? But yes. um, mm-hmm. the last season of Fargo, I think they've done three, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Season three, I didn't love as much as the first two. So uh, that's why it dropped off, but still a really great show. Interesting. I, my order for those is season one, then three, then two. Uh, one, three, two. Yeah, yeah, I like one. I like one, two, three. Actually, in order. Yeah. Okay. Rich honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Okay, I got Star Trek, the new one. Uh, I got the Orville. Star Trek's on my list to watch. I haven't even seen it. Yeah, it's not bad. They just they just it's a departure from what they used to show, so it's a little more darker. Cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd probably like it. Uh, the Orville, which is a Star Trek ripoff with Family Guy humor. <laughs> uh, I saw one of those and it was uh, I loved it. Yeah, it's you cool. know, the second season just started and it, I don't know, maybe my expectations were a little too high, so it didn't mm. make my top five. But uh, Stranger Things is on there. Honorable mention, I like that. Mm-hmm. The Good Place, like Chris said, I like that one too. I watched all the uh, all the episodes in that. Comedians in Cars, Getting Coffee, Warehouse 13, and Black Mirror are all on my honorable mention. I'm nice. glad I didn't know you watched Black Mirror. That's yeah, cool. A few episodes here and there. Okay, what's your favorite episode of Black Mirror, Chris? San Junipero. Oh, yeah. I think mine is the entire history of you. you also, see that one? I haven't seen that one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Great pick. Where um, everybody, ha- or not everybody, but most people have this little implant that lets them record every instance in their life oh. and play it back whenever they want so they can just go back and, oh, let me remember what happened and play back. Wow. And they can see it in their eyes. And this woman, a guy suspects his wife of cheating on her. So he's asking her to play back this one moment when she said she was somewhere. And she's like, just a minute. Let me see if I can access that. And he, and then he sees that she's deleting it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great episode. <clears throat> okay. My list is, uh, let's see. Uh, Better Call Saul is at the top of the list. Cobra Kai, I loved Right. So oh much. yeah, I gotta watch yes. it. Oh, you gotta watch it. You're gonna love it. I keep forgetting. They they knocked it out of the park, man. And Karate Kid for like 30 years was my favorite movie ever. <laughs> and so I was like, oh god, they're gonna ruin it with this dumb show. But it turned out to be awesome. <laughs> so good. That's good to hear. I want to watch that one too. I haven't done it. You gotta watch it. Let's all do a podcast. We should do a Cover Guy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> game. Let's let's consider that. That would be perfect for us to get jump back in on. I would love that. Um, Fargo is is so good. Yeah, love that. Uh, Handmaid's Tale, Silicon Valley. I think that's my favorite comedy right now. Mm-hmm. Love that show. Louis, despite what went on with Louis C.K. Oh, really? His show is great. I haven't seen that, no. Preacher, I love. Right? Yeah, Preacher, I was considering, but I haven't finished season two. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> no, uh, I just recently finished that, and uh, I'm happy to say, I mean, actually, they have three seasons, and oh. three is better than two, in my opinion. American Horror Story is just oh, the right, most yeah. fucked up show ever, <laughs> more than any of I these other you're shows. Talking about that. Yeah, but I love it. Orange is the New Black. 
is great. Transparent American Gods is really good. I hope season two is as good as season one. Westworld and Downton Abbey is on my list. And now we have shows that I don't know if you did this, Chris, but shows that we think we'd like but haven't seen yet but want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a short list. Okay, go for it. One is The Americans. That's number one on mine. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. (laughs) I keep hearing amazing things about that and uh, have meant to watch it for a long time. Next one is American Gods. Uh, that's a book that I really liked that I read when uh, a long time ago and meant to watch the show, but didn't have time. Uh, the Good Wife is another show that, again, people just keep saying you have yeah. to watch The Good Wife. So amazing. I'd like to check that out. And it's funny because The Good Wife and The Good Place are both shows that make a lot of lists. And these days, almost no network shows make those lists, but mm, these are two yeah. network shows. Yep. Yep. And then the last two are Justified. That's one that my co-host Jason tells me to watch all the time. It's mm. good. Yeah. I've, I've seen the first two seasons. Very good. Yeah. Cool. And, and then we finally, also went to school with him, by the way, what's his name? Tim Oliphant. Richard and I went to school. With yeah, him. that's right. Did, you, you are like one degree or two degrees <laughs> from so many celebrities. Jesus. Seriously. Yeah. The final one uh, you talked about already is Legion. That's one I had high on the list to watch and didn't mm. get around to it. Well, uh, I didn't really make a list for this, but I can tell you now it's Moon Boy, <laughs> Legion, The Leftovers, Black Mirror, Handmaid's Tale, and Cobra Kai. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> well, put I'm, Cobra Kai at the top because we're doing Cobra Kai I know. Kai cast. I just keep forgetting to do it. I got to do it. <laughs> Cobra uh, Kai cast. That's <laughs> the, the CKC. Right. Okay. Mine is The Americans, The Ozarks with Jason yeah, I Bateman. Liked, I like that show. Yeah, I've heard people keep telling me to watch that. They say it's like Breaking Bad, but still worth watching because it's different enough. Shameless (laughs) is on my list. Uh, Mr. Robot is the one that I'm curious about, but I'm not sure I would like it. And then there's this Wentworth, which is this Australian women's prison that's supposed to be really gritty. And I've heard Uh, a few people tell tell me to watch that. All right. That was really fun and great. We still have some Walking Dead news and some feedback from you guys, so stay with us. Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels, doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzel with noodles, wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. These are a few of my favorite things. Girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes, silver white winters that melt into springs. These are a few of my favorite things. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad. Groovy. Okay, first is uh, the Resident Evil 2 demo is coming out on Friday. That's a game that's kind of a reboot of a game that came out in 1998 that I loved. It's a zombie game, and it just blew me away back then. But it has PlayStation 1 pixelated janky graphics and Mm. so-so voice acting. This is a reimagining of that game with modern, beautiful visuals and... uh, Uh, everything else that comes along with that and resident evil 7 it uses the same engine that last or two years ago resident evil 7 we used that was a great game but resident evil in recent years the games have gone away from actually showing zombies it's more Mm -hmm. like 
either people who are being controlled by someone else, but they're still people or the resident evil seven had these like tar creatures. Mm. This resident evil two remake has zombies, Uh Romero zombies. And so I'm stoked that comes out on January 25th, but the demo is on Friday. And I just wanted to mention it because, uh, this is a walking dead podcast and this is the best. One of my favorite zombie things of all time. Is it VR? I don't know. I, I it might that be Resident be cool. Evil Seven. I know you're right. I, I I don't know. You would think so because Man. Resident Evil Seven was VR and uses the same uh, engine. Wow. Was that like scary as shit to be in Resident <laughs> Evil in VR? I could only imagine. I couldn't play it. <laughs> I, I, the longest I've ever been in that is like seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's he pissed his pants and ran away. It's too yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. I I, I should force myself to do it i'm a grown man (laughs) um okay so the next thing the academy awards still hasn't uh, picked a host as far as i know since um kevin hart stepped down after somebody mentioned he had homophobic remarks 10 years ago on his twitter or something 40 years ago so yeah so anyways um he's apologized but uh bruce campbell tweeted out Okay, okay, I'll host the Oscars. <laughs> I'll host the damn Oscars. They'd finish on time at least. <laughs> I would love to see that. I'm not going to lie. That would be the only time I watch the Oscars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, just do it. What does it matter? Uh, and also, speaking of Bruce Campbell, I don't know if you guys heard, but he's been announced as the host of the all-new Ripley's Believe It or Not series coming to the Travel Channel later this year. Yeah, I did read that. That's cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. I watched the preview of that. It shows like a lot of body manipulation and um, Uh, like piercings and things, swords through the cheeks. But there's also all these other just incredible feats that people are doing and knife throwing and shit like that. That'll be cool if he like wisecracks. I know. He's got to. Why else would you have him? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Next, not much news this week, but. This is the last thing, actually. It's been announced that they're... Oh, oh I forgot to mention. So uh, the Ripley, believe it or not, Twitter account posted, it's official, Groovy Bruce will be the host of the all-new Ripley's Believe It or Not show coming to Travel Channel in 2019. And then Bruce Campbell replied, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. Everything he says is funny and kind of dickish. You know? Yeah. So, uh, last little piece of Walking Dead news. It's been announced that there will be a second character crossing over from The Walking Dead to Fear the Walking Dead. And if you don't want to hear that because it's a spoiler, you should skip ahead to the next section right now while Richard and Chris and I hum a little tune. Ready? Okay, so the character that's going to be crossing over is Dwight, played by Austin Emilio. Last we saw, he was off looking for his wife, Sherry. What do you think, Chris? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm still going to watch Fear next year, but yeah. uh, I, and I hope it's really good, but these crossovers feel like a gimmick kind of more than anything. I don't understand how Dwight is going to get there or why he's going to like wander around all of the United States and happen to run into Morgan again. 
I mean, I guess there's going to be some sort of explanation. I hope it's a good one, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I'd rather see Dwight return on the main show, frankly. So, You know what happened is that Morgan took Dwight's iPad, and, and Dwight has Find My iPad on his phone. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> now that explains it all. Yeah, so it's fine. Yeah, I pretty much feel the same way. All right, yeah. let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh- <laughs> Okay, so our first uh, message here comes from Bradley America. He says, Preacher is the new hotness that I'm currently catching up on and hella enjoying. It's like if True Blood wasn't shitty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see that, yeah. (laughs) Or True Blood. I liked that show for most of the... Yeah, uh, until the end. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That should be mentioned. (laughs) That was a great show until the last season or two. True Blood? Yeah. Uh, From Gemma Hall. 10 years is hard as I'm old school and I still rewatch Buffy and Lost. In the last decade, it's Walking Dead, obviously, and Outlander. I absolutely love, which has time travel and certain supernatural elements. I like the, I kind of like anything that has that about it. Vampire Diaries, The Originals, Stranger Things is amazing. I really enjoy Orange is the New Black as well. Megan Gushalak says 10 years. Hmm, holy crap. Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Ash vs. Evil Dead, Santa Clarita Diet. That's an interesting one. That also has Tim Oliphant and um, what's that girl's name that was the little girl in E.T.? Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Drew Barrymore, yeah. Uh, I've seen ads for that. Westworld, which I don't know if I didn't mention it, but Westworld's in my honorable mentions for sure. Breaking Bad, I know there's more, but that's all my brain can do this early. Mm-hmm. I could not include Westworld because I thought season one was amazing and thought season two was a giant garbage fire. So I, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Can't put that on your list. No, if only one season existed, it might have made it. Anyways, uh, Rocco Draxinger says, one, Game of Thrones, two, Stranger Things, two, B, Black Cheater. Mirror. Cheater. <laughs> <laughs> two, B. Number three, The Walking Dead. Four, Haunting of Hill House. Mm. Five. How I Met Your Mother, and Six, Westworld. Haunting of Hill House is one that's really new on Netflix and is one that I'm really dying to see because um, some people have told me it's a great one. Yeah, that that got a lot of buzz. It's mm. Netflix shows, it's interesting. Like They put out like three shows a day, it seems like. Yeah. But <laughs> they, a few break through and get buzz. Haunting of Hill House is one, of course, Stranger Things. But then this movie, Bird Box, just started like uh, becoming yeah. viral. So it's interesting yeah. how certain shows are like that. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Leffert writes, some of my favorite, in no particular order, Legion, uh, Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, The Office, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Revolution, Life in Pieces, The Exorcist, Breaking Bad, and Broadchurch. I haven't heard of Broadchurch. Good choices in there. Yeah, Broadchurch is was a British show, and it's one I'm curious about, too. It stars um, David Tennant. David, right. Mm-hmm. And when Carver Holtzhausen says, sounds like a fun podcast. Yeah, it was fun. It, it was, was fun. yeah. It's in the process of being fun. Game of Thrones, <laughs> The Walking Dead, Dexter, True Blood, Preacher, Santa Clarita Diet, and as an antidote to all the blood and guts, Downton Abbey. Yep, that was on my list. <laughs> Good stuff. Kendra Hendrick writes, The Walking Dead, Handmaid's Tale, I agree, The Sinner, Stranger Things, Westworld, and Game of Thrones. Nice. Avelino Rochino writes, I loved Ash vs. Evil Dead and your podcast. Awesome. 
Two other uh, fave series, uh, Game of Thrones, no explanation needed, and Breaking Bad. I loved Breaking Bad because of the character Evolution Plus. It had the best final season ever. Hashtag stuck the landing. Totally. Damn good. Yep. Danielle Dement Juice says, not in the same genre, but Parenthood was really excellent. Now, I only saw a couple episodes of Parenthood, but I know it was headed up by Jason Kadams, who was a big part of... um, uh, that football show, uh, Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Mm. Oh, and cool! They had this philosophy of letting the actors sort of improvise in the roles of their characters, obviously, and it really created a different kind of mood and and feel from different shows. And it's kind of uh, really appealing. So I, I, that's one I might want to go back and get into. It also starred the guy who was the lead on six feet under I'm forgetting his name right now, but he's a great actor. Uh, Daniel goes on also Downton Abbey breaking bad. And of course my favorite, the walking dead, the walking dead. Yes. John bucket says Ash versus evil dead, black mirror, daredevil preacher and the in-betweeners daredevil's one that hadn't come up before now, but I did think about it because I really enjoyed season one Mm -hmm. and two of daredevil. Um, the only criticism I have of that show is that I feel like 13 episodes in each season was a little too much. If they'd made it 10 yeah. and tightened it up, it would have been even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I feel like that that show has a lot going for it. The the chemistry among the actors, the action is great, the filming, but the story feels a bit repetitive to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Paul Hibbard writes leftovers. Nice. Matthew Rep says Ash versus Evil Dead, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Preacher, and Westworld. And Laura South says, I've missed you guys, which is a show <laughs> I've never heard of before. <laughs> it's a little known show called Yeah. <laughs> I've missed you guys. We missed yeah. you too. So we have a couple of email Walking Dead related emails. Emails from Terrence Daniels. So I'm rewatching The Walking Dead on the episode Clear. As I'm watching, Morgan says that living people are wearing dead people's faces. Could it be that he has run into them? Maybe saw this from a distance and just avoided them? (laughs) Somebody brought that up to Lenny James during a panel that I hosted with him. And he was sort of like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that before. And then he said, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's I think his answer probably should have just been no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then I think he he said the intent was not that. Right. But um it was more about seeing um zombies or I forget what it was, but anyways, he did entertain the idea at least for a minute, but I think he said the intent was not like that. Obviously my memory isn't great. Yeah. And then this next one's kind of long, but I'm going to read it. I haven't actually read it yet, but I'm about to. Angela Sharp says, I was thinking about Rick's fate and what it would take to keep him away from his family for the six years that elapsed during the recent time gap. I know I was imagining the horror of being forcibly kept from them during the six year time gap. It was making me feel so sad for Rick. Just imagining the depths of his depression being prevented from making his way back to his family. I was angry at the writers thinking, how could they do that to Rick? And then I was also thinking that's so out of character for him. He would do anything to get back to them. And I know that's what I think too. And we've seen that he has the skills to get back to them. No matter what another continent. So what he'll hijack a boat across the country. So what he'll steal a truck or hijack a helicopter. 
he would die in the attempt or he would make it back to them unless he was in a dungeon or something. And how awful would that be? Yeah. A whole movie of like Rick Grimes as Theon Greyjoy. So as I was struggling with that, I realized that the writers wouldn't do that to him. They wouldn't give him a fate that bleak and they wouldn't change his nature to make him ineffective at getting to his family. Additionally, we're led to believe that he didn't die. So then what the F I re- what I realize is this Rick is in a regular communication with Michonne when we all think she's talking to his ghost or his memory or whatever. She's really talking to Rick. She's been talking to him over the course of the entire six years And there was some agreement that he made with the people who took him that allows him to communicate to her, but stay where he is for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that's the deal they made. They want Rick to stay where he is ostensibly for whatever weird subterfuge they're getting up to, like whatever Jadis was doing. As an aside, maybe they're even trying to save the world, and it's important to have Rick on their team, and not only will he have been the hero of our little group for all these years, but ultimately he will save the world. Who knows? It's a possibility. But... They will let him talk to Michonne and thereby keep an eye on his family from a distance. And they probably also help out with some supplies or some protection for Alexandria. And that is probably why Michonne is so squirrely about not being in direct communication with the other camps. She's got a big secret that she's trying to cover up. That's my prediction. It'll be really fun to see how close, if at all, I came to being right. Mm, Yeah. That's actually not a bad theory. It's not a terrible theory. And I mean, this is one of the biggest questions I have with what they're going to do with Rick in these movies and how they're going to explain this because everybody knows his primary goal would be to get back there. Yeah. He has a daughter for crying out loud. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, the only thing I could come up with is for some reason, Rick doesn't know they're still alive. He doesn't know that there's anything to go back to, whether they've lied to him or, mm, or, yeah, maybe. or convinced them some other way. Go check. Um, but even then, yeah, go check. So it's curious. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know if they, if the people he's with threatens that if you go back there, we're going to, we have a bomb or something. We're going to kill yeah. everybody. That might be a reason. It's not the greatest excuse, but at least it's something. Yeah, I I don't know. It's I feel like it's going to be difficult to explain, but they have to explain it. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see I mean, what he's comes talked about. You know, you know his character, but the movie will be great to see what it's like for this character to be in a new environment. And um, I yeah, the only thing I can think about is why would you not go back to your especially daughter, but also Michonne. So they're going to have to come up with a damn good explanation for that. And um, so far, Angela, yours is the best I've heard. So thanks for writing in. Maybe Rick is going to turn into a zombie. (laughs) I was guess I was joking that maybe it would be like a nice resort wherever he is. And he's like, (laughs) I'll go back at some point. Eventually. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) The other thing they've been really, really adamant about is that he will never appear on the walking dead show again, which I just don't entirely believe, to be honest with you. I feel yeah. like when Can't when the that. movies no, when the movies are done and when the show is finally wrapping up, they're going to bring him back somehow. But we'll see. I mean, I hope so because I want the end of his story to involve the other characters. You know, me too. Me too. It it feels like it has to. It it almost feels like it would be a betrayal if it didn't. You know, after yeah. all these years. And so uh, one way they could have some amount of satisfaction in that regard without him going back to the series is if some of the other characters appear in his final movie. Right. 
Right. I think so. Well, yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. Okay. And we have one voicemail from our friend, Steve Brown. Hello, Ash versus Evil Dead crew. It's so incredible to hear your voices again. I can't wait to hear the podcast. I, I love the show and loved the podcast and uh, the idea of you guys reuniting is, is super good. So uh, my top five TV shows of the last 10 years, this was kind of tough, but I, it wasn't as tough as I thought it was going to be because I went ahead and limited it to TV shows that I actually own the discs of all the seasons and all the discs. So not a streaming service show. Uh, and this is in no particular order. Uh, Supernatural, I just loved, I've loved the show Supernatural since it began. It had a bunch of X-Files people, had a very X-Files feel to it. And even though about the first two or three seasons, are, they kind of have a formula to them, once it hit its stride, it did something that very few other shows are able to do, which is it kind of revamped itself every five or six seasons. Uh, so I think uh, it's, it's a really cool show, and I love that it's still going on. I uh, love the TV show Psych. Um, it started or it ended in 2014, but it had a they did a movie 2017. And uh, going along with Psych is the show The Mentalist. They're both observational detective shows that are just really fun to watch. And one is more comedy, one is more of a drama, but they're both really really good. And of course, I wouldn't be listening or talking about it unless I knew unless Ash vs. Evil Dead was not on this <laughs> list because Ash vs. Evil Dead was just such a fun show to watch and uh, to listen to you guys podcast on it and to send in feedback was was so cool and I have the discs and I, I've rewatched them already and I plan to rewatch them again here pretty pretty soon actually um, and finally I think uh, because it was the show that got me started sending feedback to podcasts. It was the show that kicked off me really listening to podcasts and that's the walking dead and this podcast, the walking dead cast. They're so, so good. So there's uh, my list. This is Steve. Uh, again, I'll recap for you in case you didn't want to hear it. I don't care. I'm going to say it anyway, supernatural psych, the mentalist, Ash versus evil dead and the walking dead. Can't wait to hear this. Talk to you later. Awesome. Awesome. Good list. Yeah. Great I list. I've uh, heard of uh, Psych. Have you heard of Psych? Yeah, but I didn't know that much about it. Uh, uh, check it out. Yeah. There's another one for your list. <laughs> All right. That is our show, episode 339. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. It was awesome. It was fun. It, it was awesome. <laughs> if you want to call the walking dead cast you can call us at 650-485-DEAD that's 650-485-3323 you can email us at brains at podcastica.com and you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast and be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com next episode of this podcast something in two weeks that i haven't i love something on yet but i'm sure it'll be great (laughs) all right that is our show thanks for listening We'll swallow your souls.